0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, February 24th, 2022. I'm Tell Me on
1: a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm arts and culture writer, Ashley Steves.
0: Okay, I've been off by a week this entire week. I just need to say that out loud halfway through the script, I was working on this and I was like, oh, um, today March 2nd, like I said that out loud, and I was like, that's not real
1: I've constantly thought it's March already um, I can't remember what I was looking at before we started recording, but it was something around the end of March and I was just like, oh, that's coming up in like a week or so, I'm like, oops So I'm off by a month. So I think I think you're safe. Apologies to everyone, uh, but we are. Talking apologies about to no one on apolog- my. I will, <laughs> you know what? No,
0: I will no, apologize yeah, no to apologies. no one. Apologies.
1: We're done with apologies or whatever month this is. Famously.
0: So here's the thing. Thanks. We are talking about the week of February 20th. Why? Because Broadway grosses saw more rises last week as capacity reached a new high for the season. Capacity hit 89.8%, the highest of any week this season, with total grosses reaching $21.8 million, which is an increase of $2.9 million from the previous week. And they've seen like steadily $7 million rising across the past four weeks. And we think it's partly due to like Omicron going down. You know, the yeah. surge was really high, and then you know it's Bigger less your a lot. Like the music man also, for sure. Broadway Week, like Broadway that Week, definitely. was an incentive. I don't know a single person that didn't take advantage of that. But absolutely, I, was, did. I did not take advantage. of it. Oh, so yeah. everyone but you apparently. Yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't buy for one. I can't buy for two. Like it's not that's happening how, right now.
1: That's how I got those Hades Town tickets. It was buy uh, one get one basically, and I was like. Boy. Absolutely happening.
0: So, anyways, that's that's pretty good. I mean, I'm I'm happy to see that the houses are filling again. And if you've noticed, like shows haven't closed due to illness in a while.
1: Fingers crossed. It's We're, nice. Yeah. It's a nice change of pace we have going on.
0: So, you know, and I noticed that, like, you know, Doubtfire, I'm sure you guys talked about it because I haven't been mm-hmm. on the show when you did. Yeah. Um, but Doubtfire changing its dates. And I think it's smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just kind of like Maybe push them more, though, like <laughs> wait for the summer, yeah, <laughs> well,
1: we like we already had that conversation as far as like the whys of it, the confused whys of why that's happening, I guess, if mm-hmm. you know they want to get in before the Tony cutoff period and everything. but I mean, it is very good to see. Obviously, the numbers climbing and you mentioned Broadway week. Uh, you know, there's also bigger shows on the boards like Music Man. And j- again, the. I mean, yeah, the Winter Garden's so big. It's so big. And the prominent or, you know, the, the lack of a prominent variant at the moment and the way that we saw in December and early January. Like that is obviously driving a lot of things right now. It's honestly weird to me that it's kind of going up right now despite all that because we are at a point at the moment where uh, we're in tax season and I'm surprised by the amount of disposable income people <laughs> seem oh, to no, no, have. Oh, no, no, it's about to get because oh, yeah, of get course. Back. It's going to get, but maybe it won't. Maybe we'll still see increases and that will be very odd to me still as someone who does not have any disposable income <laughs> at the moment. Um, but, Great to see. Obviously great to see. Hopefully it continues to rise. We're obviously, I mean, we're probably going to see it rise regardless because of April with so many shows opening simultaneously, 13 or 14, I believe. So by default, those numbers should go up. And then we start getting into those summer months when people are out of school and theoretically tourism will be back. So we're in a good trend at the moment, knock on wood, pending any other major variants.
0: Yeah, so let's let's keep it coming. Keep coming to the theaters people. If you yeah. have the means, please go. The newly condensed Harry Potter and the Cursed Child will celebrate the four Hogwarts houses once again. They've done this before. They'll do it again. Uh, it's going to have a special performance, each dedicated to each house. So that means that Ravenclaws will have March 23rd. Hufflepuffs will have March 30th. Slytherins will have April 6th. And Gryffindor's, the most popular of all the houses, I don't oh. know anything about this, um, <laughs> will have April 13th. The first 100, 100 audience members who arrive each Early on each Wednesday evening, will receive early admission to the theater at 5 30 p.m. with access to concessions, gift shop, AR experiences, and they'll also receive a special gift and the opportunity to participate in the house pride costume contest. Okay. Cute. I don't give a flying rat's no. quidditch about <laughs> Harry Potter, mm-hmm. but I love fan service. Yeah. Totally, and I I totally love this type of thing. I want all shows to too. try to do this. I want there to be a Beetle House Beetlejuice night, like they did. You know, with today they had oh, it on today, yeah. and there was like a October thirty first. Like I want to have that stuff all the time because I think that we often forget. You know, uh, we talk about like the heavy hitters that go see Broadway shows because they For have sure. disposable income or whatever, mm-hmm. but the, the people that save their money and just want to see their people and like dress up. I'm one of them, like the same people that go to like Broadway. Yeah. con. You know that is part of what makes uh, Broadway survive, and like the miscast videos, all of that is so integral to the community. And I love seeing this. Couldn't
1: have said it better myself. I mean, I I I wish there was some kind of themed thing for every show on Broadway. Like, well, um,
0: your girl can do it because I have thrown themed parties my entire (laughs) life, and I've had a Mm -hmm. Billy Crystal party, I've had a Nora Ephron party, yeah, yeah. So food puns, you name it,
1: I got you. Broadway as an entity, call me. There you go. (laughs) Your number is, if this was a You know, a video, your number would be Flashing at the bottom of the screen But alas, it's a podcast, so there you go
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's hear it for some more accessibility Again, we're going to continue on with with The good news, so on March 2nd At 2pm, 1500 New York City public school students along with their teachers Will attend a matinee performance of The Lion King, which is uh, amazing Because, hello Mm -hmm. um, Participants come from 22 public schools Located across the five boroughs at no cost to the students or the schools participating in this TDF program. And later that week, the Lion King will host a special autism friendly performance of the show. I mean, great. I love this. I wish we could have this like every month. I know it's it's really oh, totally. difficult and and it's also like let me be frank with you, like it's a learning opportunity for the people on stage yeah, as much absolutely. as it is the people seeing the show because a lot of times performers have not had the opportunity to have more accessibility um, and especially autism friendly performances and learning how to navigate that as a performer can be exciting and challenging, but is worth the mm-hmm. risk. So please continue to do this.
1: I think it's a really important thing because I don't know how actors are taught for the stage nowadays, but I know like at your pretty much taught for a generic kind of audience um, at least before so this is like you said like this is a learning experience and we've talked about the same as far as ASL performances which I always want to see more of I'm I, I wish we could have it for every performance I wish we could have like you said autism friendly performances at least once a month if not more often I love programs like this I love programs that allow students to come because you you know, like you said it previously, like we talk about the demographics that have the disposable income. We want to foster the people who come before that first. So they're wanting to put their money into the theater and hopefully we will make a theater that is cheaper for them at some point as well. Cause we didn't actually talk about it in the box office section, but I think the average ticket price was like $112 this week, which not quite where we want to be at.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, like, I'll tell you that the few times I've gotten to perform with an ASL interpreter, mm-hmm. I felt so much joy knowing that someone was getting to see a show that they might have not yeah. gotten to experience without that person there. And it just broke everything in my brain being like, why have I not Felt this way before about performing And, cap- like-
1: and captioning too Even yeah. if you're not going to do ASL performances Which I would always prefer and I know Most deaf and hard of hearing people would prefer Uh like, even captioned performances, like I saw Intimate Apparel this weekend and I'm so used to, you know, the experience of being in the theater. And it's actually like, I haven't seen an opera since pre-pandemic, which is bananas for me. Um, but I mean, most operas are captioned. Certainly anything at Lincoln Center is and having those captions up as the performance is happening. It's like, why, why can't we incorporate this? Like, it doesn't seem like, it would be that difficult of a thing to maintain because you know, it's someone. It's all
0: money. It's,
1: it's, it's, of just, course, it's always yeah, money, it's an but it's an investment, but it's just like, as always, like that's one, it's something that would be worth the investment, at least to me personally. And two, like, where are we funneling that money in currently? Like, it, 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 can we, can we move some money around to allow for greater accessibility? I'm sure we can in some ways.
0: Yes. The answer is yes. So let's take a moment from the show to talk about our sponsor for this week, Upstart. So I, for one, know how incredibly damaging and exhausting living with debt can be. And with Upstart, you can pay
1: off your existing debt quickly and easily and start living your life. Totally. It doesn't matter what that debt is. It can be paying off some credit cards, can be consolidating high interest debt, or it could just be funding personal expenses. You can become one of over a million people who have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. And Upstart knows that you're more than just your credit score, which we hate. So they look at other factors like your income, your employment, and other information provided in your loan application to find you a smarter rate for your loan. That's right.
0: You can check your rate without impacting your credit score in just five minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash broadway. That's
1: upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let the know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application.
0: That's upstart.com slash broadway. Broadway sent us to sees English officially opened at Atlantic Theater Company, and I've been dying to see this show, so Same. I've got a couple of reviews to read. Let's get into it. So Helen Chaw for Vulture says... Tusi's drama is one of microscopic shifts. There might be something romantic between Omid and Marjan, but it's never clear. Tusi is asking us to listen to subtle shifts, entire histories of empire hidden inside mere pronunciation. Here, these grace notes are drowned out by a lack of subtlety. They are little shades of meaning swept away, wrongly conjugated, lost to mistranslation. And then Juan Ramirez for Theaterly writes, most modern migrant stories deal with immigration, what happens when the The border is crossed and the dream possibly realized, but not many explore the anxieties of emigration. Not quite still here. Definitely not yet there. Immigrants uh, exist in an enviable limbo of uncertainties. Will they take kindly to me? Will my way of being here translate to theirs there? Am I uh, making the right choice? Do I even have one? To stage the questions asked by those who might never answer them might not seem the ob- most obvious dramatic choice, but Tosie finds the pulsing life behind each one, imbuing what might seem like silly classroom activities with the existential threat of being left behind. Um, most of the yeah. reviews, I don't want to say I always I feel like when you say the word mixed, People just go. Well, sure. that means bad, right? Exactly, and and, and I that's don't not the think case. that that was the case here. But it just, I felt like a lot of people had more questions. And I'm, yeah. I'm still excited to see the show whenever I can. Um, I believe that they are also extending um, as of uh, right now. But, um, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm still very interested in the show. I am, too. I've already got
1: it on my calendar for I think the first week of March, which was three weeks ago, Next obviously. Week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm very excited to see it. We, you and I have already talked about the cast and how incredible that is. Uh, but I agree with you i think a lot of people see this these are mixed reviews and just don't know what to do with it so they don't do anything with it they don't bother to go see the show and kind of make up their own opinions which can be said for negative reviews as well and even positive reviews i mean you may hate a show that has a positive review i was thinking that not you know not of me to cite the New York Times Or anything but I was thinking this was a Critics pick maybe I'm mistaken About that but I thought I saw somebody In my Facebook feed say it was Regardless I think You know this is definitely I mean it's obviously something that's very Timely unfortunately it's always Very timely unfortunately Um, I think Atlantic Theatre Company Always puts on beautiful Work and I don't think I've ever oh, yeah. Regret seeing anything there Though I haven't been able to see every Thing there, Matt and I just talked about Claire Barron sh- sh- the other day. Because um, both yeah, of us, yeah, did you see that? I can't see it. I'm just, I, oh, I can't see it. I, I, I can't. I'm uh, severely misophonic uh, and just cannot. And I wish I could, cannot do ASMR of any kind, but. Um, I will absolutely be returning for this one in a couple of weeks. Amazing. So, more off-Broadway news. The WP
0: Theater has announced the 2022 lineup for the Pipeline Festival featuring four non-binary and female producers for playwrights and directors. The festival dates include March 24th through the 26th, April 14th through the 16th, April 21st through the 23rd, the 29th through May 1st, and finally May 12th through the 14th. So you can see a ton of new plays, including Room Enough. They Came in the Night. Kin a new play by Nambi E. Kelly Uh, it's it's just a fantastic way to marry a bunch of people that have never worked together and could possibly like have an incredible partnership out of this that's that's so exciting to watch especially with non-binary and female
1: producers playwrights and directors so I would like to go yeah (laughs) I am likewise I was so excited to get this press release in my inbox on Wednesday and just like read through the names and be like ah it's just it's a Bunch of women and non-binary People and it's just utopia Especially after the day that we had on Wednesday With the trans Laws in Texas or Trans advisories in Texas It's always just nice to get Some good news on the Trans and gender non-conforming Side of things and Obviously WP Theatre Does amazing work you just had an Interview last week Regarding Sandblasted which I Get to see later today on Thursday so, oh my God, amazing! Yeah, yeah. well,
0: three cheers to W P always, always, always. So, the Metropolitan Opera today announced its 2022-2023 season, and it features seven new productions, which is their largest in about a decade, I would say. So, opening night is September 27th with the company premiere of Cherubini's Medea. In November, the world premiere staging of Kevin puts the hours based on. If you if you're familiar with the Nicole Kidman nosepiece oh, film, yeah. it's one of my comfort films. I will accept no questions oh, yeah? about that. Okay. Oh yeah, it's one of my comfort. Fi- I will absolutely go to it. off. it might be for the score, to be frank with you. That's fair. Um, there's just something about it, but the fact that we're going to see a staging of it is really important opera wise because it stars Renee Fleming, Damn right. Kelly O'Hara, Damn right. Joyce DiDonato, and Damn I right. went. Are you effing kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I have to see this. I'm sorry. There's just something happening in my body when I read those names, <laughs> and then I hear the hours. Something's wrong. Like, I, I just think that there was when I saw the press release and their photos, yeah. I was like, I was what just about to say they had on? that
1: beautiful splash <laughs> image of in black and white of the three of them and my heart just leapt out of my chest. I was so, so delighted. It could have been anything.
0: And then Camille A. Brown is returning. She's one of my favorite oh, choreographers yeah. and the fact that her work is going to be on that stage is going to be amazing. Um, not in, not in the hours, uh, just in the yeah. season. And then in May of 2023, baritone Peter Mattei sings Don Giovanni in the Met debut staging directed by Ivo Van Hove.
1: Where was course, that? That was not of part course. of the headline. Yeah. I
0: scrolled down and I went, "Hold on, hide it you on do? in
1: because otherwise, screams." Uh, you say, mm, "Yeah, just in case." Don Giovanni
0: more. on an iPhone. You say. <laughs>
1: yeah pretty much who knows pretty yeah. much drones the set from west side story probably from the broadway theater. they had to uh, recoup somehow and do i hope they do i care
0: for the people in it Anyways, yeah. uh prayer them. for the republic, all republic
1: one in fact
0: and famously all but one it's mm, one of our favorite things our here on broadway radio sometimes <laughs> the cast is all good except one singular
1: person yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So Prayer for the French Republic off-Broadway has extended its run in New York City Center stage uh, for two weeks, originally slated to close February 27th. They've now extended um, through March 27th. And guys, the... the, Everyone talking about this show can't stop talking about this show. If you have three hours on the on the, the timeline Trying. to see this play, I know I'm me as well. I literally enter the lottery all the time. Oh, jeez. But I'm happy that it's selling out. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. I'm just I'm thrilled that a play is garnering this much attention. Famously, musicals mm-hmm. garner this type of attention in New York. Um, so I'm thrilled to see an extension Definitely. for this show. Olivier nominee over because we're skipping. We were off Broadway. and Now we're going to go to London mm-hmm. again because that's what we do on the show. Uh, Olivier nominee, Francis Mailey McCann and Jordan Luke Gage, who is currently starring as Romeo and Anne Juliet, will start in the title roles in the West End premiere of Bonnie and Clyde. We've talked about the Bonnie and Clyde, but we didn't know the cast. Francis mm-hmm. Maylee McCann was just in the concert with uh, Jeremy Jordan. So it's just fitting that she's going to be doing it. But it starts yeah. April 9th at the Arts Theater. I wish I could go. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: You know, I've talked about my non-attachment to Bonnie and Clyde already. But again, I am very happy that this is being put on still.
0: To be honest, it was one of those shows that I really binged and loved the album sure. of. And now I famously am working with Broadway Records, hey. who that was the first album that they did. That was, that oh, was their uh, inaugural. Yeah. So it's, it's just kind of like sweet that it's getting this new life. Over on the West End And too. I wish them The best of luck Because it's It's a really cool Piece of theater So over in Connecticut New Haven's Long Wharf Theater Will move out Of its longtime Headquarters They're kind of Re-establishing themselves There was a beautiful New York Times piece About yeah. this And I found it Really interesting I don't know If you were able To read oh, yeah. All the way through I didn't know Their history
1: um, I didn't really Know their history I, There other than A lot of people Are attached to it And have become Established through it um, Yeah the piece Is great And I, I just found This really fascinating in general, as far as you. Uh, how and where We're putting on theater and kind of The definition of theater So the whole point of this is that yes. they didn't Renew their lease and the cheaper option Is that they're trying to Find um, More spots within the community To be a part, of, you know, a bigger part Of the community and Essentially have revolving venues um, And Put on shows Wherever they can, which I think is Really cool Um um, and I think will set a really important precedent moving forward for other regional theaters of like you don't have to be tied to a spot. Um, and regional can mean everything up to off Broadway at this point, um, that you don't need to have a venue to be able to put on theaters you don't need to have a consistent rooted venue to be able to put on shows like the the definition of theater is transforming and it certainly has transformed a lot over the past two years with more digital options and more i mean we, we saw a lot of walking tour kind of theater options here and outdoor theater options like i I think if anything good happened out of the pandemic related to theater, it is that we kind of saw the definition of what theater needs to be change a lot more than it has. And I think Long Wharf is kind of, you know, moving with that tide, so to speak.
0: There was a incredibly well-reviewed production of I Am My Own Wife starring Mm -hmm. my friend Mason Alexander Park at Long Wharf. I want them to do that production at like be Audible Theater. Like, it would be amazing. And I just, I love the work that they did with them there. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm just really intrigued by by the future of this as well. You know, famously, we yep. have talked about how theater is is moving out of the proscenium. And yep. we, we want it to stay. Stay there, obviously, but we also want it yeah. to expand because that's what accessibility means for us. so we yeah, want it to stay interesting- there and
1: we want it to expand in many other ways, so the definition of theater is not so parochial.
0: Boom. So finally, in a recommendation, um, <laughs> my friend Katie Joe is doing another show at Green Room 42. And again, I physically cannot be there. So that's why I'm talking about it on the show, because she's one of the funniest people mm. <laughs> that I've ever known. And the show also has like a full cast set for it. Like it's just going to be one of those... Crazy Nights and uh, directing it as James Pinka, who I don't know if you remember this, mm. but James, her husband, is the one who did that whole Mandy Patinkin sings blank like oh, videos yeah, yeah, on like yeah. Twitter and stuff. And Mandy Patinkin FaceTime then and said it was the funniest, best oh, thing he'd ever bless. seen. He said it was quote fucking brilliant. Love it. Uh, so <laughs> they're just a hoot and what half. What more for, endorsement do you need? That's why That's why I wanted to bring it up, because I'm like, I'm <laughs> sorry. But if Mandy Patinkin says you're doing a great job at being Mandy Patinkin, there is no other thing to do. <laughs> yes. So if you're bored or just you need something great to do at The Green Room, March 5th, go see Katie Joe's show. It's going to be fantastic. And on that note, thank you guys so much for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreoncom slash Broadway radio. You
1: can find me on all social media platforms at it's Grace Aki. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley. And I just, to close the show, cause I already mentioned it and talking about, um, the atrocious situation in Texas that we all witnessed on Wednesday. Uh, I would like to shout out some organizations to donate to including. If you can and are yes. able to, including the Transgender Education Network of Texas, the tra- Texas uh, Trans Equality and Texas Action Center, there, the uh, Texas Trans Kids for sure, Equality Texas, Texas Trans Health. Uh, I'm gonna throw some in our show notes too. And uh, North Texas Giving Data is great work as well, which is not just trans issues; it's pretty much anything for marginalized communities. You know that we're gonna see a need for all the help that they can get unfortunately right now and i hope that you will consider donating if you're able
0: thank you that was perfect thank you so much thank you all so much for listening if you're able to donate please do so but in the meantime we will see you later